Welcome back, guys, a.k.a. My Danny Flowist. By the way, everyone loves the nickname, and by everyone, I mean me. Okay, cool. It's good to be with you, one time for the four times. A wise man once said, listen to the Danny Flow podcast, and everyone ignored him. That wise man is me. How do I know I'm wise? Well, maybe if you listened to the Danny Flow podcast, you would know. Now, wouldn't you? Okay, cool. A wise woman once said, take out the trash after you're done writing your little podcast. That wise woman is my wife, and she was talking to me, and she said it more than once. All of the times is when she says it, because that's what I do. I takes out the trash. If I didn't, our house would be out of control. There would be no order, piles of trash everywhere, garbage, and waste all over. And it would smell bad, and it would look bad, and I would look bad. And I don't need help from trash to make me look bad. I already make myself look bad. But hey, you can't look bad if you don't let them see you, hence the podcast. All right, guys, please stop distracting me. As I was saying, if I just left the trash in the house, it would be chaos. So I take it out to maintain my house in order, and my lovely wife reminds me because she's lovely. I also take out trash philosophy. Because just like my house would be out of order if there were piles of physical trash everywhere, my house and my mind and our minds, everyone who lives in my house, which is me and my wife and our son, Chunky Butts, our minds would be out of order if we ascended to whack philosophy. And I'm not going to let that happen. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. Okay, cool. How do we take out trash philosophies from our minds? We think about them. How do we do that? That's a great question. That's what the Danny Flow podcast is all about. I share with you what I think and why I think what I think, and you decide if my reasons are good, if they carry weight, if I seriously considered the opposition or not. And the intention is that you do that with your beliefs. That's what episode one was about. I'm going to point out the ways in which we philosophize and how we can get better at doing them. Let me just say that I've envisioned myself doing a podcast for a while and how I would start and how I started are completely different and how I thought it would look and what it looks like is also completely different. What my podcast is about is somewhat different than what I envisioned as well. I've consistently asserted throughout these uh, episodes introducing my podcast that I'm going to teach concerning four major areas. But now that I'm actually attempting to do what I said I was going to do, I realize I can change my mind. Maybe I'll do less than four areas or maybe I'll expand. We'll see, it's still pretty early. Also, let me say that now that I'm recording episodes, I'm starting to get nervous. Remember, I asserted that the only good reason to believe something is if it's true. That was in episode one. Episode one, part one. Well, I'm making a lot of claims, right? Like in public. And I'm growing my audience. But that's the thing. I want to grow my audience. And what if I say is wrong? In fact, 
Some of the things I'm going to say are wrong. I just don't know it yet. If you remember, I pointed out ways in which I've been wrong from the very first episode. In the second episode, I said, I think everyone should strength train. I've got to defend that now. Then in the last episode, I said, we should all be getting married and having kids younger than we are and how that's a working hypothesis for me. And now I'm going to make yet another claim that I will have to explain as best as I can. Let me just say that I hope it makes sense now why I broke up the intro to my podcast into four episodes. You've listened to three episodes so far, presumably, and combined it's 40 minutes of content. Plus, this episode, which I can tell is going to be the longest because I haven't even gotten to the topic yet. What is the topic? That is none of your business. How dare you ask me that? Who do you even think you are? Why would you even think of asking me such a question? What's that? I'm overreacting? Maybe. Or maybe you're underreacting. And your underreactiveness offends me to the very core of my being. I just wish I could say it to your face. What would I say? Well, the topic of this podcast, obviously, what did you think I meant? Okay, cool. I discovered I wanted to major in philosophy in the spring of 2016. And so I've been studying it for three years. And I want to teach you how you already philosophize and how you can get better at doing it. I started lifting weights in 2012 with the intention of impressing someone and discovered that I liked it and it has improved my life. And when I started dating my wife all those years ago, am I right? Because we're so old. Um, I convinced her, just kidding, baby, you're not old. I'm old. You are young and full of youth and I don't deserve you. But anyway, <laughs> I convinced her to do it, strength train, and it has improved her life. And I think I can convince you to do it by sharing why I continue to do it. I got married in 2017 and we immediately got pregnant, immediately got pregnant. And we've had our son Chunky Butts the entire time we've been married. I discovered it's pretty cool. And I didn't really have good reasons to delay it as much as I did. And it seems we are collectively delaying it, but we don't seem happier to the extent we understand what happiness is um, from delaying it. And I'm raising the question, why are we doing this? And I'm sharing my working hypothesis that we should be doing it sooner than we are. And lastly, now, like right now, the most important thing I want to teach you is why I'm Catholic why I think Catholicism is true. Why, if it weren't for Catholicism, I'd still believe a lot of things I've already admitted to you I was wrong about. What is Catholicism? What does it mean? What does it teach? I want to explain how, if it weren't for Catholicism, I would have wrong beliefs about marriage, about being a father, about strength training, about philosophy, and a bunch of other things, and how it's my primary identity. If you remember, in episode one, I briefly explained why I don't study philosophy. So let me briefly 
explain why I'm not Catholic. I'm not Catholic because I was raised Catholic. I was, in fact, raised Catholic, but I didn't know what Catholicism was. I became Catholic when I was 22 years old. It's only been five years. My mother did her best to raise me Catholic, but I didn't stay Catholic. Sometimes I would say I was Catholic, but what I meant was that's the religion I was raised in. And I didn't return to the religion I was raised in because I missed it or I was nostalgic about it. There was nothing to miss or nothing to be nostalgic about. If someone had asked me in 2014, tell me everything you know about Catholicism, I probably wouldn't even have attempted to answer them. That's how little I knew about it after being raised in it. So for 75% of my life so far, it may have appeared, it may have looked like I was Catholic, but it was nominal, which means in name only, especially between the ages of 15 and 22. I was a pagan and I just didn't know I was a pagan. And we can talk about what a pagan is in a future episode. That's fine. Let me make a quick philosophical point about being raised in a religion or no religion. So if someone says, you're only Catholic because you were raised Catholic, that's a fallacy. How you came to be or believe something says nothing about whether the thing you are or believe is true or not. Because then the same logic could be applied to something else like atheism, which is the belief that there is no God. If you were raised atheist, I could say, well, you're only that way because you were raised atheist. And even if you agreed, it would still be irrelevant because I'm not dismissing it or disproving it on whether it's true or not. If I was raised Catholic, and then I looked at the arguments for atheism, and I found them convincing, then I would become an atheist. And then if I met someone that was raised atheist, I would believe they're right. It just so happens they were raised that way and I wasn't. Furthermore, if I thought atheism was true, then I would raise my kids atheist. But then they wouldn't be able to believe what I say because they were being raised that way. That doesn't make sense. How you come to believe something like being raised in it or raised to believe it says nothing about whether it is true or not. Now, if the goal is to reduce all beliefs to the same level based on how they originated, mainly that we were raised a certain way based on what family we're born into, then that's a discussion for a future podcast that I will gladly record for you, my dear and beloved Daddy Flois. Okay, cool. So I didn't stay Catholic because I was raised Catholic. I chose to become Catholic after I started looking into it for myself, which is another story, and I love telling stories, so I will tell you one day. For now, the next thing I want to say is that when I became Catholic, I did not want to become Catholic. I didn't. When I would look at the arguments for and against Catholicism on its trueness, I would find good answers for its trueness. And so I very quickly came to believe 
it's true. I very quickly came to believe Catholicism is true, and I found the teachings quite beautiful. And by beautiful, I mean that uh, the 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 trueness of it is included in in that statement, right? Like I believe that it's beautiful because it's true. Like that's a part of it. But I didn't want to become Catholic because of the moral demands. There were things that I was doing that I now believe are immoral. And I had been doing them for a long time, years. And I thought I was justified in doing them. So at the time, uh, if I became Catholic, I had to stop unless I wanted to be a hypocrite. But if I didn't become Catholic, I also felt like I would be a hypocrite because I was willingly rejecting something I had found to be true. So even after I was convinced of its trueness, I didn't want to become Catholic and I delayed it. And here's another thing. If I became Catholic, it meant I had to admit I was wrong about a lot of things. I do it all the time now. I admitted I was wrong about things since episode one of this podcast. But as a know-it-all 22-year-old who never expected to find Catholicism true, that seemed like a very humiliating thing to do. So I'm not Catholic because I was raised Catholic nor because this is something I even wanted or was looking for. Okay, cool. I want to address something that I find interesting about men and women that are raised Catholic. What I'm about to describe, I was guilty of too. So I'm not trying to attack you. I'm attacking this way of thinking that I was guilty of and that some of you may think as well. It seems that men and women that are raised Catholic and are not Catholic anymore, and that may have been an active or passive choice. Not being Catholic anymore may have been an active choice or a passive one. Maybe one day you purposefully made the choice not to be Catholic anymore, or maybe over time you just stopped practicing without thinking about it until one day you realized I'm not practicing anymore. And then maybe you kind of shrugged and said, I guess I'm not Catholic anymore. And of course, there are other ways uh, you or men and women that have stopped being Catholic, stopped being Catholic. But in my experience, and this is just my experience, but I think I'm right about this. But again, it's just my experience. Everyone that was raised Catholic, including myself, and stopped being Catholic, like I did at one point, we think, or we thought, or we think, that we know everything we need to know to dismiss Catholicism. We think Catholicism is obviously wrong, otherwise we wouldn't have stopped being a Catholic, or that, you know, we think because we were raised Catholic and we know everything we need to know about it, that Catholicism is really just one option 
just as true. And so it is really about personal preference. So the latter I will address in another episode, but what about the former? I don't know if you were personally uh, raised Catholic. I was. Many people, many people are. But even if you weren't, and especially if you were, try this exercise. What are the Ten Commandments in order? Open up Word or Google Docs on your computer and just type the Ten Commandments or a pen and paper and write them down in order. If this was 2014, I might have tried to answer the question and maybe I would have gotten the first one right because that's the one that tends to stick because it is number one. But I would have gotten 90% of the challenge wrong. But maybe you're better than me. I hope you are. So let's say you get all 10 after you uh, write them down in order. Did you get them in the right order? Did you know there is a right order? In other words, the first one is first, not because it's just some list, but it's first because it's the most important. Did you know that? Maybe you did. Because again, you're not me. So let's say you get all 10 in the right order. Now ask yourself, just like I would have asked myself in 2014 if I were doing this exercise. Can you tell me how they're split up or categorized? Are they split up in half from 1 to 5 and 6 to 10? Or I already told you the first one is the most uh, important. So is it split up between 1 and then 2 through 10? And why is it split up? So I'll tell you the answer to that one because... Even if I've been Catholic for five years, I don't have the Ten Commandments memorized, uh, which kind of makes my point. And I'm not trying to ask any gotcha questions. I'm going through an exercise with you so that maybe we can realize that we don't know as much about Catholicism as we think we do. And maybe that warrants a second look. So even though I don't have them memorized, the Ten Commandments are split up between one and three and four and 10. Why? Because one and three have to do with putting our relationship in right order with God. And four through 10 have to do with putting our relationship in right order with each other. And the claim is, this is the claim. If we put our relationship in right order with God by following one through three, then it will be easier to put our relationship in right order with each other by following four through 10. And at the same time, if we don't follow commandments one through three, it necessarily follows that we will not have our relationship in right order with each other. So if we get one through three wrong, then it'll be very difficult to get four through 10 right. So if you didn't know that, now you do. And I hope that's interesting. I think it is. So the last question you should ask yourself if you were raised Catholic um, and are not Catholic anymore, and everybody can ask themselves this, that's fine. How did we get the Ten Commandments? 
God, yes, but how? When we think of the Ten Commandments, we think of Christianity in general, not Catholicism specifically, but the Ten Commandments before they were Christian were Jewish, right? God gave them to the Jewish people through Moses, their leader at the time. So the Ten Commandments are originally Jewish, and then they became or were adopted by or were carried on into Christianity. Did you know that? I did it in 2014. Um, And the last thing. So the last thing is, as a person that was raised Catholic and maybe isn't anymore, or as a person that wasn't raised uh, Catholic, but maybe you're familiar with Catholicism. I'm sure you've heard about it. Maybe you don't know much about it. All of that is fine for this exercise. Ask yourself this. Are Catholics Christian? There are some that have been Catholic their whole life, and they would answer no. There are some that have been Catholic their whole life and will answer yes. So what's the right answer? If someone asks you, are you a Christian? And you reply, I was raised Catholic. What are you even saying? And what do you think that person understands you mean? Okay, cool. I hope you take time to ask yourself these questions, especially if you were raised Catholic and aren't anymore. Maybe write them down. Try to answer them. No cheating. I think we'll realize it's a lot of work to even get near the right answer. And the right answer isn't what we think the right answer is, right? The right answer is what does Catholicism teach the right answer is because we don't want to give what we think the answer is. We want to give what Catholicism teaches is the right answer because then we're not representing it correctly. And why is that important? Well, I want to be represented correctly. You want to be represented correctly. You wouldn't want someone to say, um, you know, Danny Flo teaches this and this is why it's wrong, but then I don't even teach that, right? You're not you're not disproving something that I teach because I don't even teach that thing that they're claiming that I do. That's why it's important. Okay, cool. So the last thing, if you were raised Catholic and aren't anymore, how come you don't know the answers if you don't know the answers to these basic questions about the fundamentals of Catholic teaching. You have to know something in order to reject it as true or false. In other words, it would sound something like this. This is what Catholicism teaches about X, and here's why it's false. Or this is what Catholicism teaches about Z, and here's why it's true. Either one. But if you don't know the claim 
or the assertion or the teaching, then what you are accepting or rejecting isn't isn't anything. You're not what are you accepting or rejecting? So how did we get here? How is it that I can be raised in a Catholic home? I didn't go to Catholic school, but maybe but maybe you were raised in a Catholic home like I was, but you also uh, went to a Catholic school for most or part of your education or both, right? Maybe you were raised Catholic at home and you got a Catholic education and then you stopped being Catholic. And then you realize by trying to answer a few basic questions, you didn't learn much about it after all of those years. How did how did this happen? How did that happen? How can this happen? How did we get here? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I really don't know. Uh, it's a phenomenon and somewhat of an internal problem that uh, we uh, Catholics have to deal with soon. But whether you think your Catholic parents or your Catholic teachers or both didn't teach it in an interesting way is irrelevant for now. It would be interesting to get to the bottom of this, but I want to focus on you. I want to focus on you, especially if you were raised Catholic, but also if you weren't. I think I can give you good reasons to take a second look at Catholicism, especially coming from someone who didn't even want to become Catholic. And I'm saying, am I, am I saying that I can teach you Catholicism better than your parents and teachers and catechists if you grew up Catholic? I don't know. <laughs> I also don't know the answer to that question. But I'm most certainly going to try to teach it as best as I can. Because, like I said, this area, out of the four areas I'm going to teach, is the most important um, area. The other areas branch out of this one. So if you're not interested in Catholicism at all, the good news is Catholicism. But the good news for you is not every episode will be about Catholicism specifically. I will probably mention it in every episode to some extent, and that might be annoying if you're not interested in it at all. But think about this. If you're convinced Catholicism is wrong, then what's the risk? I teach something about Catholicism. I explain why I think it's true. If you already know it's false, what's the problem? If anything, you'll have more of an understanding of how I got to think it's true and will be able to explain to me and to others where in my reasoning I made a mistake with more precision, right? You probably... Um, if you think it's already false, you can explain why to some extent. After you hear me, you might be able to explain why with more precision. That's a benefit. Because in five years, I haven't found a good reason to think it's false. I might have met an evil Catholic, a bad Catholic, an immoral Catholic, a hypocritical Catholic. I might be an evil Catholic myself. But that says nothing about whether it is true or not. It just means I'm bad and happen to be Catholic or I'm Catholic and happen to be a bad person. 
But the question remains whether Catholicism is true or not. Okay, cool. I can't believe we did it. We went through all four parts of my introduction to the Danny Flo podcast. We learned some things along the way. We have plenty to think about in these four episodes. Please, please keep listening. Please subscribe or follow me wherever you are listening to the Danny Flo podcast. Share it with your bestie, your nextie bestie, your IG, your face, your Snapchat, and with your fam bam, and maybe even on Twitter. Okay, cool. Follow me on IG at Danny Flo, D-A-N-I underscore F-L-O. This episode will be available in Spanish within a week. Please look out for that for your Spanish-speaking besties and all that. A new episode for all of you, My Danny Flores, will be out within two weeks. I hope you listen then. Thanks for putting up with me. Love you guys. Bye.